Our scripture reading this morning comes from the first letter of John, chapter 4, verses 7 through 8 and 11 through 12. You may have heard this before. Listen for the word of God. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and God's love is perfected in us. Our gospel reading this morning comes from the 15th chapter of John, verses 1 through 5. Listen again for the word of God. I am the true vine, and God, my father and mother, is the vine grower. God removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit is pruned to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. May God bless the reading of his word. One, one of the things about having an eighth grader is they have to read 1,100 pages every six weeks. And if you are a boy, that is a lot of reading. Can you turn the game down a little bit? Thanks. And one of the things that the teachers have said was that, you know, if you read the books with them, then they're more likely to finish them. So. Uh, Michael's been reading the, the Reardon books on the Percy Jackson. How many of you have heard about the Percy Jackson series? Okay, for those of you that don't know, these are the old myths kind of come back to life. Um, you've got Percy Jackson, who is a half-blood, so he finds out that his father is Poseidon, and he doesn't find out until he's about 15, and he has to go to camp. And um, he has to go on a quest, just like the heroes of old. And there's, there's five books in the first series. And one of the things that you quickly discover is, it, first of all, the author has a wonderful sense of humor and it's perfect for uh, junior high age kids. But you actually learn a lot about the old um, ancient Greek gods that you know I quite frankly don't much remember. And when you read the stories, you quickly learn that the, the demigods, that the half-human and, and half-god children, and the humans in the story are much more respectable than the gods are. Zeus is, is quite frankly, he's a petulant child. You know, he's the high god, and he's always worried that he's going to lose his throne. And Poseidon is, there's, there's three main ones. You've got Zeus and Poseidon, then gets the sea, and Hades is the, the third son, and he gets the underworld. And, and they're all in competition with one another, and they're all suspicious of one another. And, and Ares is the god of war, and he's got sunglasses, and he's buff, and he just wants to kick butt. You know, and, and you've got gods of, you know, Athena, who is very smart, and 
it, it, the stories are really very engaging and, and, and fun. Pardon? Yeah. And they're, they're fun, but you realize these gods and, and goddesses are really not that trustworthy. And they're, and, and they're based on, you know, like, Homer's The Odyssey, right? Remember The Odyssey? The Odyssey is a classic, like the Bible, which is a book everybody praises and nobody reads. That's Samuel Clemens' definition of a classic. It's, you know, the book everybody praises and nobody actually reads. But in, in the Odyssey, you know, you've got Odysseus who, Calypso is the goddess who keeps him away from his wife, and then Poseidon is, is just throwing just storm after storm and catastrophe after catastrophe so he can't get home. And Socrates about, you know, early on, just he told his disciples, don't read these stories. You know, go and do your pinch of sacrifice to the gods. Do the bare minimum you need to do to make sure that they don't get ticked off. <laughs> but basically, you don't want to have anything to do with them. Because even if they decide to give you some favor, that favor is going to come at quite a cost. The story of the heroes always end badly. Always. So if you get fortune from the gods, from one god, on the, other, on the back end, you're really going to take it in the neck. And if you think about it, when Jesus comes along, and the disciples comes along, and John comes along, and says, God is love. What do you think of that? That's a good Greek. What do you think of that? Are you out of your mind? Have you not been paying attention? You don't want anything to do with these so-called gods. The less they know about you, you want to be in the back of the class with your head down, the one that never gets called. That's the safest place to be. And the idea that God is love, and if you abide in that love, then you abide in, in something profound. We are either a confession that will change the world, or we are the most to be pitied of all people who make this confession. How many of the joys and concerns that you've heard today were all about the great things that have happened in your lives? How many of them were about the fact that somebody had a stroke, somebody had a broken hip, somebody fell, somebody had cancer, somebody died? Most people out there, and a lot of you in here, think it's much, much safer to keep God at the distance. You look at Jesus, he ends up on a cross. Peter gets hung upside down. Stephen gets stoned to death. Where do I sign up? <laughs> if this is what God does to the ones that God loves, what does God do to the ones that God doesn't? I mean, we 
glibly talk about that God is love. And, and we sing it, love, 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 love. The gospel in a word is love. Love your neighbor as your brother, sister. Love, love, love. It's lovely. I learned that when I was a girl. So, a girl. I was singing a man. <laughs> I had an operation. It's going well. Even Mary doesn't know this part of my story. All right. When you think of Anne and you got a pronoun in your head, this is why people use manuscripts, people, okay? When you read from a manuscript, this generally doesn't happen. But when I was a boy, that was the, that was the song that, that, uh, that we sang. But, you know, you got the Karl Marx who say, the religion is the opening of the, of the masses. And, and I have people who, I, I just love this, they want to get married in a church, right? Because of the aisle. <laughs> they want to get married in a church because we got this long runway. And, you know, and I just love the, I saw this placard at a, at a church once. It said, love the wedding, invite me to the marriage, God. And, you know, we invoke God's name once or twice just because it sounds good. It's kind of like throwing the meat onto the brazier that the ancient Greeks did, just to make sure you don't tick anybody off. You say your Hail Marys once a day if you're a Catholic, if you come to church once a while, Christmas and Easter if you're Protestant, you know. Then, then you're okay. God is safely at a distance. And ultimately, that's the world we still live in. We still believe that if God really gets involved with us, wow. It's safer, quite frankly, isn't it? If we don't, isn't that what we think? <laughs> Jonah was much better off before God threw him in the water and spit him out on a beach. Um, anyway, but yeah, you're right. Ultimately, that's where I'm headed. Thanks for spoiling the end. Um, but the, the message of the gospel, I mean, people say, why didn't people believe? Why didn't people just pick up the story and say, right on? Because it was counterintuitive. It just, like, what? Have you seen what happened to your followers? And yet, we proclaim that God is love, don't we? How many of you have actually had an experience of unconditional acceptance and love at one point in your life? I hope we can all put a hand up. And a lot of you can't. Honestly, some people put their hands up because you expect, you know, I expect you to. I really don't. There are, there are a lot of people who have never had an experience of profound grace. I mean, the story of amazing grace is a story of a slave ship. He was the captain of a ship who is taking slaves from Africa to England, John Newton, and then on the voyage has an experience of radical grace. And he turns the ship around. When he says that saved a wretch like me, we don't want to say those words. But he knew that until he experienced that the love that didn't just embrace him, but all people, he lived a wretched life. 
he lived a wretched life. And the hardest thing to do is to tell somebody that God is love. And if you tell somebody that God is love and that's all you do, what do they think? <laughs> yeah, right. I love the story about the person who, who goes up to the homeless person and he says, you know that Jesus loves you? And the guy says, yeah, but the problem is no one else does. We have to be, we have to be the very love that we proclaim. We have to show, if we are going to have this proclamation, and if this proclamation is not going to be followed, then we have to learn to abide in the branches. Think about a grape, unlike a tree. In a tree, you can see the trunk and you can see the limbs, but in, in, a, in, a, in a true vine of the grapes, it's difficult to know where the stem ends and the branches begin on grapes. And that's the way it is with God. You really should never know where God ends and you begin. And when you abide in the vine as branches, you are abiding in love. Recently there was a woman who took out a billboard and she had a picture of her daughter, and I won't say the name because it was really controversial in LA area. And it said, vote for so-and-so for prom queen. And the community responded badly because they thought, one more rich person who's taking out a sign, trying to influence the school. Turns out the woman's daughter was diagnosed with cerebral palsy at the age of three. And the woman wanted to give her daughter one moment of light and love in the public eye. Because all her daughter experiences in the public eye is pity and scorn and ridicule, sometimes compassion. And that's what we do. That's what God says. God takes out a billboard for us. Vote for Paul Esperance, man of the year. Why? God only knows. <laughs> right? I mean, truly, why would God put up such a billboard? Right? No one else would have a clue. But that's what God does for each, each and every one of us. There's this lovely Hebrew image of each one of us has angels walking before us. Make way, image of God coming through. Every last one of us has an angel before us. Make way, the image of God is before him. Abide in the love that treats everyone that way. And only if we abide in that love, like the branches abide in the vine, the vine in the branches, can this world know hope? We had two different workshops or events in this last week. One of them was Guatemala. And in the plight there where the military is still in control of the country, and if you're an activist, you get disappeared or killed, and the indigenous people are being killed, and it's just dead depressing. I mean, it's just dead depressing. And the other one was from India, and about all the kids that have been, they've lost their homes in, the, in, in Nepal, excuse me, um, in Tibet, 
And they're all in orphanages in India because they've all been displaced from their homeland. How do you go there and say God is love unless you live it? Unless you live it. Abide in me. The first John is really, you got to love, and this is not sentimentality, but the John is important because if you just spend all your time loving, you get exhausted real quick. If you spend all of your time trying to make the world a better place, you are going to be exhausted in about a month. Jesus says, abide in me, remain in me, rest in me. Your nourishment will come through me. And that, when Jesus talked about that, he's talking about love. Abide in the love of God. Abide in that love. And then everything can be different. Otherwise, we're still back with the ancient Greeks. People thinking God is petty, plays favorites, and if you want to be safe, you want to keep that God at arm's length. Let's not give that message. Amen.